Welcome back. It is the Extra Point on this Friday, June 23rd. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today, as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Plenty happening with the Phoenix Suns, other trades around the NBA. So for some perspective and what we can expect moving forward, Sean Devaney of Heavy.com is on the KDOS hotline. Sean, Bob, and Kayla, thanks for the time today. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Doing fantastic. Appreciate it. Uh, You know, there's plenty to unpack here, whether it be the NBA draft night last night, trades around the league. Let's start with the Phoenix Suns. They haven't been shy about making some moves here. (laughs) They moved on from Chris Paul and Landry Shamit. In return, received Bradley Beal, Isaiah Todd, and Jordan Goodwin. The main acquisition, of course, being Beal on the court. How does Beal fit in with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, and can those three provide enough offense to erase some of the defensive deficiencies? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a challenge. Um, Obviously, just keeping those guys on the court at all is going to be a challenge because Kevin Durant will be 35 years old, and, of course, Bradley Beal's had – he'll turn 30 uh, uh, next week, and and he's had a lot of trouble staying healthy. So that's number one is just getting them on the floor and then – even when they're on the floor, they're going to have to figure out, uh, okay, you know, what's the pecking order here? Uh, Durant's obviously uh, probably the best pure scorer in the league right now. Uh, Devin Booker's not far behind him. Uh, and, you know, Bradley Beal's just a couple years removed uh, from, from a scoring championship. So, uh, you know, you've got three guys who can score quite a bit. Who's going to sacrifice? Uh, you know, Beal's probably the best playmaker of that group, so uh, I could see him, you know, operating a little bit more as a point guard and, and averaging seven, eight assists. Uh, all three of them are pretty good passes, though, so that's going to be the real key is who's going to sacrifice, uh, you, you know, where are the assists going to come from uh, and, uh, uh, and, and you know, who's going to be willing to, uh, you know, maybe score 18, 19 points rather than uh, the 26, 27 that they're used to. Do they need to trade DeAndre Ayton to get a bench? Um, and what could they get for Ayton at this point? Obviously, they'd have to match up some salaries, which is that might yeah. be an obstacle in itself. Yeah, and that, uh, they almost have to. Um, you know, there's been some talk that, well, maybe they won't, and maybe they'll hold on to him, and Frank Vogel's the right guy. All that, uh, from what I'm told, uh, is most likely a smokescreen, uh, you know, trying to. Uh, uh, you don't want to seem too desperate when, when you're making a trade. Uh, and so saying, well, we'll be happy to hang on to the guy uh, is a good way to kind of reduce the uh, desperation factor. But, uh, you know, when you look at what else they've got, it's not just the bench. They've got to fill out the rest of the starting five. You know, they need a defensive-minded center, um, you know, somebody uh, uh, who can uh, do some rim protection for them. Uh, and they probably need, uh, you know, a shooter, uh, a three and D kind of guy. That's 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 really uh, uh, would be the ideal sort of player. Uh, you know, you think of Contavious Caldwell Pope and the role that he played for Denver. They need that kind of guy. Um, so yeah, that's 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 what they're looking for. Um, and and uh, again, that's not just the bench. That's also the starting five. So they they, they probably need to get at least two players, maybe three uh, for DeAndre Ayton. They're not going to get uh, a player of uh, the same caliber talent wise. Uh, but that's not really what they need at this point. They just need uh, guys who can fill some roles. With that in mind, are there any teams that this sort of matches up for what the Suns need? And what sort of interest is there as well for DeAndre Ayton around the league? Yeah, you know, I mean, from what I've been told, uh, this could be something that happens sort of after the first wave of free agency. 
uh, when you get some teams that kind of look at where they are and, uh, and have to reevaluate and, and maybe don't want DeAndre Ayton so much right now, but, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks if uh, things don't go well or trade falls through and, uh, you know, then, that, 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 then it might be a, a matter of changing uh, uh, their tune. You know, certainly Portland is one that comes to mind. Um, you know, that's something that, uh, uh, you know, as, uh, as the players just figure out what they're going to do with Damian Lillard, uh, you know, if, if they go into a full rebuild, maybe they get some, uh, uh, so, some more veteran players that they can then turn around and trade uh, to Phoenix, maybe a three-team trade, something like that. Uh, but, but all that is, is, is going to take some time. Uh, so I, from what I understand, the, the, the Suns are still pretty optimistic. They can trade DeAndre Ayton. They still like to trade DeAndre Ayton. Uh, but it's probably, probably going to be later rather than sooner. All right, Chris Paul, uh, on to Golden State. Do you think that's a good fit? And did Jordan Jordan Poole have to go if they want to keep Draymond? Yeah, that's basically what it comes down to. Uh, and, you know, this new CBA, I think there's there's been some, uh, up until the last uh, week or so, uh, it's been sort of underestimated just how much teams are going to have to scramble uh, to avoid what they're calling the, uh, the, the, the second apron. Uh, you know, which is really, really restrictive in terms of what you can do uh, uh, adding players. So uh, that's, that's where the Warriors were if they wanted to keep Draymond Green. Uh, and uh, th- their hope was that he was going to opt in. Uh, and, and with just one year on the contract, you know, maybe he could be a trade candidate. Uh, but now, you know, they'd they, they be at risk of losing him for nothing. They don't want to do that. So, uh, so yeah, they've got to try to keep him. Uh, so they had to move uh, Jordan Poole, who's got the – the new four-year, $130 million contract. Uh, and I, I think Chris Paul is a terrible fit. You know, obviously they like to play up-tempo. They like to move the ball. Uh, Chris Paul is more of a ball stopper, plays in the half court. Uh, but uh, the one thing that Chris Paul does have going for him is that his contract is not guaranteed for next year. So uh, so the Warriors can give this uh, uh, a one-year chance and then, uh, uh, and then uh, dump his contract after that uh, if it doesn't work out. And like I say, that's that's really the name of the game at this point is uh, uh, you know being able to maintain some some salary flexibility. Sean Devaney with Heavy.com here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. You know, you brought up there the luxury tax in Apron 2 and just all of the restrictive things that come along with it. It's not just how much money uh, you're going to be paying for this luxury tax. It's the restrictive nature of it. Uh, So when you look at this and teams are kind of barreling toward it, the Warriors making some moves to try to get under it, the Suns maybe doing the opposite here, is it worth it uh, if you don't win a championship in the next year or two to then have so much struggle ahead of you to rebuild with all your picks gone uh, and all of the ramifications with luxury tax apron two on the horizon? Yeah, that's 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 the real thing. Is you're not going to be able to just go out and sign free agents, even the mid-level guys. You know, even the guys that you can get for uh, you know six seven million bucks. Uh, you know, you're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to use trade exceptions. You're not going to be able to, uh, you know, make a trade that, 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 that where you bring back more salary than you send out. You know, there's so many restrictions uh, that it's going to get tricky. Uh, and certainly, uh, you know, it, it helps to have picks available to, uh, you know, if you need to make a, uh, a move to give yourself some flexibility, it helps to have picks uh, uh, as a way to, uh, to ensure that you can do that. Um, and, and, you know, the way that the Suns are right now, they do not control any of their picks between now and 2031. You know, they, they traded all their second-round picks. 
mostly to Washington. There's one in there to uh, uh, to Oklahoma City, uh, and then uh, the first rounders all belong to uh, uh, Brooklyn and or uh, Washington and swaps. So uh, you know it's it's now through 2030 they don't have control of any of their picks. Uh, that's a pretty dangerous place to be. I mean you've got to win. You got basically a two year window now where if you don't win a championship, uh, it's going to look real bad real fast. You mentioned the Blazers. They only won 33 games last year. You know, Lillard, you know, I, I don't know what to pay attention with Lillard. It seems like he says something different every 20 minutes. But, yeah, you know, he seemed like he wanted to have some veteran help added and maybe trade that third pick. Instead, they don't do that. They actually draft Scoot Henderson, point guard, Lillard point guard. Should the Blazers trade Lillard? Yeah. I, I mean, they're they're basically – Right now, they're sort of locked into a staring contest with Damian Lillard where they want Lillard to come to them and say, hey, look, let's, uh, let's move on. Can you find a place to trade me? Let's, let's work together on this. Uh, and, and he's at a position where he's not going to do that. You know, he wants them, hey, look, you trade, you trade me if that's what you're going to do. Uh, and uh, so, so neither side is blinking right now, but they've only got a few days uh, to kind of work something out here, and, and, and I think they will. I think they have to. Uh, and tried to find, and you can question maybe how hard they really tried to find uh, somebody who could come in uh, if they traded that number three pick uh, and help Damian Lillard right away. But, you know, think about it. Like, who are they going to get who's, who's, you know, obviously with C.J. McCollum, they were an okay team. They were a 47-48 win team. You know, maybe had a chance to win a round in the playoffs. Uh, you know, who's better than C.J. McCollum that they were going to get? Uh, and, and who's that much better that was going to make a big – there really wasn't anybody, and they knew that. Uh, so, yeah, they, they poked around to see what might be out there uh, for that number three pick, packaging it with Anthony Simon, uh, but, but they never came close to actually doing anything. So, uh, you know, knowing that, uh, they know they've got to move on from Damian Lillard. It's just a matter of whether it gets ugly or if everybody stays civil about it. Sean Devaney, Heavy.com, here on KDUS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Chris stops Porzingis. He's off to the Celtics. Marcus Smart off to the Grizzlies. Tyus Jones to the Wizards. Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala also off to the Wizards. First up in regards to Porzingis, how will he help the Celtics and what seemingly did the Celtics learn from their playoff experience that led them to make this change? Well, I think they learned that, A, you can't rely on Rob Williams. I, you know, I mean, I think that that was the big disappointment there was that, uh, you know, they were very careful with him after he had the knee surgery in September, uh, and he just wasn't healthy, and, and, and he just wasn't the same, and, uh, and they couldn't really find uh, a good rhythm for him. Um, and, and, you know, they were really counting on him. Al Horford's going to be 37, uh, and, and he was terrible. He had a decent regular season. It was really bad in the playoffs. Uh, so I think that they could look at that and say, uh, you know, we need an upgrade here. Uh, you know, Porzingis is a guy who um, hasn't been healthy since he had the ACL in, in 2018, uh, but he's gradually gotten a little bit better with health as he's gone on. I think he played 65 or 67 games last year, uh, and that would be all right with the Celtics. He played 65 games, and he's okay for the playoffs. Uh, Porzingis played very, very well uh, when, when, when he was healthy. He just wasn't healthy enough. And, uh, and, 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 and that was the big problem. Uh, but, you know, if, if you can just give them that, those 60 to 65 games, they'll be fine with that, and they'll have a guy who can stretch the floor, uh, play the four, play the five, be a pretty good defensive presence. Uh, that's really what they figure they need, and they have way too many guards, so they had to do something. Yeah, sticking with the Celtics, you know, Marcus Smart, not there anymore. 
kind of the heart of the team. Uh, are they going to miss that? And is Malcolm Brogdon so injured that they can't even trade him now? Yeah, that was that was a real uh, tough blow for them. You know, they they really wanted to trade uh, Brogdon. That was the original plan. Uh, once the Clippers kind of fell through on that, the Celtics were up against the deadline because uh, Porzingis had to opt in for all this to happen. And uh, you know, it always amazes me, Bob, that that you know you can have all spring to figure this stuff out, and then somehow you wait until the last. Uh, uh, until moments before the deadline to yeah. make this stuff happen. I was like, well, you had plenty of time to do this earlier. But uh, but anyway, so they they were operating under that deadline, and uh, and that wasn't going to happen. So uh, so they they had to pivot to Marcus Smart. Look, if, if Brogdon is too injured for the Clippers to take him on, the Clippers of all teams, uh, with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, uh, then, then nobody else was going to take him. Uh, and they, they knew they wouldn't get good value for Derek White, so... The only option left was was Marcus Smart, and uh, it's a good move for Memphis, and uh, it's, it's definitely a tough blow for the Celtics. But like I said, they really saw just a huge hole in their front court that they had to fill. Sticking there with the Clippers here, so was it was there anything to it, or was that just kind of speculating that Chris Paul has ties to L.A., played for the Clippers before, that that would be a natural fit? Now he's with Golden State. They were in in the talks for Malcolm Brogdon. That doesn't happen because of injury. So kind of where are the Clippers in terms of things that they want to accomplish this offseason? Yeah, you know, point guard has been a glaring hole for them, you know, even in the best of times uh, since they carried Chris Paul. Um, you know, they, they really haven't had uh, a reliable answer there. Obviously, they tried John Wall last year, and that didn't work, and it wound up going to Russell Westbrook, and, and that was okay, but, but certainly not, uh, not an end-all, be-all. Uh, Reggie Jackson before that. Uh, you know, so, so point guard's always been uh, uh, an issue for, for, uh, uh, for the Clippers, um, and, and, and it's still going to be that way. So. Yeah, they're, they're, they have considered trading uh, Paul George. If they did, then presumably there'd be a, a, a point guard coming back in that. They do have some pretty tradable assets, uh, so that, that's probably not over in terms of uh, uh, what they're looking at and what, what, what possible moves might be out there. Last up for me, uh, the Pelicans, I'm always intrigued. Um, you know, I thought they added some pretty good, thought they added some pretty good talent last night, but Zion, is there a market for him uh, between the injuries uh, in his contract, or am I just kind of wasting our time by asking about this? No, well, I mean, that, that's the question for them, is that they've, they've tried to drum up a market for him, uh, and it hasn't been there, not in the strength that they'd like to. Um, you know, there, other teams are looking at it like, okay, we'll take Zion Williams and you give us some picks. And uh, the Pelicans are looking at it like, Hey, we've got the, the former number one pick here. You give us some picks, you know. So it's all about the valuation there. And one of the factors they've got away is uh, just letting Zion come back on the floor and play and trade him when he rebuilds some value. That that his value is right now is so low that it doesn't make much sense to uh, uh, to uh, to try to trade him now. So that's that's sort of where they are right now is deciding if they can get an offer uh, where they're getting something in return, then they'll do it. Uh, but if teams are asking uh, for for assets to, to be tied with Zion just to get out of this contract, they don't want to do that at this point. Um, and, and so that's something they're going to have to weigh. Before we let you go here, Sean, we'll get in an NBA draft question, a broad question for you. Did anything surprise you in yesterday's NBA draft? 
You know, certainly the Cam Whitmore drop, you know, he was projected as high as number five. There was some talk about uh, some health issues. And, and uh, you know, it, it's funny, whenever that, that kind of thing pops up, um, you know, health might in fact be an issue during a player's career, but usually you get you wind up with still a pretty good player when, you know, I think of Michael Porter Jr. Uh, is, uh, is the obvious one. Obviously, he is, he's not been 100% healthy, but he had a huge drop. That's how Denver got him to begin with. Uh, and uh, and I don't think they regret using that pick uh, on him. He, you know that 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 obviously health is still a concern, but but he's a good example of a guy who who dropped because of uh, you know a health red flag, and uh, and I think a lot of teams who who passed on him uh, because of that uh, really regret it now. Sean, as always, greatly appreciate you taking time with us. We enjoy it, and we'll talk again soon. Okay, thanks, guys. Once again, he is Sean Devaney there with Heavy.com. 